Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. This podcast is brought to you by GoToMeeting, the best way to hold meetings over the Internet. Reduce travel expenses. Save time. Just hold an online meeting with GoToMeeting. Try it free. Visit GoToMeeting.com slash stuff. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. Where? Right there. Oh. You. Oh, okay, yeah. How's it going, Chuck? It's going great. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Um, I don't know how many times a year you go to Tibet these days. Uh, I've cut it. I had to cut back to two just because of finances and the yeah. economy. Yeah. I mean, jet fuel is very expensive. Very. Do you ever fly first class, business class? Nothing but. Oh, wow. Sometimes I fly in the cockpit. That's awesome. Which is b- above first class, actually. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's like pilot class. Do you know a pilot? Is that how you get in, or do you just no. kind of break in? No. You just show up like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm an amiable guy. They just they let me in there. Then they lock the door, of course, for safety reasons. Sure. After you're in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, when you've been to Tibet, which, as I'm sure you know, is the rooftop of the world. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all sorts of villages like high up on these mountains. Have right. you toured any of them? Uh, no, I've never been to Tibet. Okay. Oh, oh that, all that was a lie then. I thought you meant Tibet, Georgia. <laughs> you fly to Tibet, Georgia? Yeah. That's a short flight. It is. Okay. Well, no, no, Chuck. We're talking about Tibet, the uh, the the much disputed uh, province outside of China. Right. I, I'm not entirely certain. Is it a part of China yet? I don't know. Still? And I actually looked today and to see if it was, in fact, a country. Mm-hmm. And I think technically they still have to call it a region or a province. I got gotcha. you. And I know they have the government in exile right. right by the Dalai Lama, who I actually saw once. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, we're, that's the Tibet we're talking about, where the Dalai Lama hails from. Right. Okay. Um, well, it turns out that there's there's villages everywhere. I, I've never visited either. I've just read about it. There's villages on the tops of these mountains, mm-hmm. which is why it's called the rooftop of the world. Um, and these people are living at like 16,000 feet above sea level, right. which is really high. Really Denver, high. our mile high city, mm-hmm. is like 5,000 feet above sea right. level. So these people make Denver look like nothing. Yeah. It's technically, I think, the, the 3.03 mile high country right. or region. Right. That's that's a, that's what it's more commonly called. Yeah. Sure. Um, so the, if you go, if you're just, you know, a, a regular sea level dweller uh, like you or I. Right. Uh, and we go visit Tibet, especially when we're visiting like these highest villages. Um, generally, we would get hypoxia, exactly altitude sickness, mm-hmm. which is like uh, nausea, dizziness, vomiting, shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. You can actually die from it. Um, and so you're sitting there puking your guts out, right. wishing you were dead. Right. And all of these Tibetans are running around happy as clams. Right. right? Sherpas are laughing at you. Sure, yeah. They're, they're doing somersaults and pointing and laughing, yeah. Right. Um, and, and so you're wondering, what what is going on here? Like, why aren't these people all, you know, dropping dead of heart attacks left and right? And mm-hmm. What's going on? And, and obviously what you would think is, well, they're used to it. Which makes sense, right? Yeah, that's kind of an easy way to explain it. Anyway. It is, it is. But when you think about it, they shouldn't be used to it. Humans shouldn't be used to hypoxia. So have have you heard about how Tibetans avoid altitude sickness? I have, Josh. <laughs> I read your awesome article, and it actually was really interesting, I thought. Oh, yeah, I did too, actually. It was one of those assignments where I was thinking, 
this is going to suck, but it turned out really well. <laughs> and that cool. actually uh, has been my experience. The, uh, the, the more I thought the article was going to suck, the better it turned out. Yeah, I don't I've know had that same is. experience, actually. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So, Chuck, uh, a little background on hypoxia, right? Right. All it is is um, it's, it's a lack of oxygen in the blood. Right. And, of course, we need oxygen to carry out all sorts of vital processes, like, That's, you know, staying yeah. alive and yeah. uh, uh, metabolization and all that. Right? Sure. Okay. Um, so it, it, these people have been trying to figure out how uh, the Tibetans aren't hypoxic. Okay? Yeah. I know it's coming. They actually are hypoxic. I know. I, th- I was kind of amazed by that. It is. It's a little amazing. These people are running around. They're hypoxic, but they're not displaying any symptoms. Right. So this, of course, um, raises a, a little bit of curiosity uh, among researchers. If Tibetans are hypoxic, how are they, you know, not showing symptoms? Right. Why aren't they just vomiting nonstop, twenty four seven? Yeah. What a bad country that would be. If that <laughs> I don't were, think people you know, would want to go to Tibet if that yeah. was the case. The, the national flag is some guy like just you know yeah, vomiting, <laughs> yeah, projectile vomiting. Yeah. Um. So. These researchers, I think they were from, uh, I can't remember where they were from, maybe Emory or something? Uh, Case Western. Case Western, same thing. Close, in Ohio. Yeah. Um, So these guys from Case Western go, and they actually, they they did this really hands-on investigation. They they used uh, instruments that that can sense different uh, types of uh, particles in air. Right. And they asked Tibetans to breathe into this. To mouth breathe, which yeah. I know is one of your favorite subjects, mouth right. breathers. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, if they're if they're being asked to mouth breathe, that, as long as it's not like your default setting, right. I don't have a problem with right. it. Right, so they weren't like your your arch enemy, Kiefer Sutherland, right. famous mouth breather. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay, they were mouth breathing, agreed. But they were mouth breathing with Case Western instruments in front of them. Sure. And this is what the people found. Uh, this mystery has been solved, and it's pretty interesting stuff. Um, when we exhale, you know, we, we exhale carbon dioxide. That's like the big star of our exhalation. Uh-huh. That's what everybody knows about. We also exhale this stuff called nitric oxide, right? Uh, which our body gets rid of as a, as a waste product, right? Right. Through respiration. Um, the thing is, is nitric oxide actually uh, helps dilate blood vessels, Okay, mm-hmm. so the uh, Tibetans have actually their bodies have uh, acclimated to hypoxia by keeping more of the nitric oxide in the body. Right. So their blood vessels are dilated more all the time, which means their heart has to work less. Right. Which it's it makes it easier to deliver the oxygen throughout the body. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It is very cool. And okay, so now we have a perfect example of um, evolution in isolation. Yep. Okay. Uh, some humans have gone up to where humans aren't supposed to be and have adapted. Uh, they're not the only group that's done that. There's some other groups, right? Indeed. So uh, my hypothesis would be that, that these other groups would display the same phenotype, the same trait. Right. You would think people, anyone living at a high altitude anywhere in the world, because we evolved more or less at sea level. Is that correct? Yeah. And we're, we're sea level species and we're a subtropical species. Right. Yeah, that's where we're supposed to be. Is, is you we're, be- know, we're beachcombers essentially. Pretty, pretty much, yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course, you know, we've got the, our Nordic friends up north, you know, and uh, we have um, our friends down in Chile and, and and these you know people in Tibet. Right. Humans live where we're not supposed to live, right. and the Tibetans show that we can adapt. Exactly. But wouldn't you think that we would all adapt the same way given the similar situations? I would think so, but we found out, or you found out through your research, that's not the case. Yes, and actually, this has been known for a while. The uh, the Tibetan Case Western study was uh, 
I think it's in the last decade. Yeah, 2005. There's this Frenchman uh, named uh, Francois Viol, I believe. Um, and in 1890, he visited the Andes. Mm-hmm. This is another um, high-altitude, mountain-dwelling people. Machu right. Picchu, you know, way exactly. up on the hill. South awesome. America. Right. Um, so he goes down there because he had the same question, you know, a century or so ago. Uh, he wanted to know how these people were living at high altitudes when, you know, they should be suffering from hypoxia. Do you know what he found out? I do. And was it that they keep more nitric oxide? No, actually, he theorized and was correct that they uh, um, had more red blood cells, a higher red blood cell count. And that's important because red blood cells um, contain hemoglobin, mm-hmm. which is sort of like the FedEx man of your body. Hemoglobin delivers oxygen. Right, right. So, so they have their bodies produce more red blood cells. More red blood cells. So it can, the, I guess, every part per million of blood can hold more oxygen than, you know, yours or mine. Right. So, okay, so we've got two um, high-altitude-dwelling groups of people that have evolved in isolation but have uh, evolved to or have adapted differently. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yes, and there's a third. There is a third. Yes. you want to tell them about them? Uh, yeah, this is uh, the highlands of Ethiopia, which uh, I didn't realize Ethiopia had highlands. I, I don't know much about that place. In I, that I didn't either, actually, until this very article. Yeah, yeah, which is the great part about our job. We learn things all the time. Yeah. Um, so they don't have either one of these, as you know. No, and they're living at a high altitude as well. I think the Tibetans live the highest up. But both the Andean dwellers and the people who live in the Ethiopian highlands, they're living at a high enough altitude that they should be hypoxic, right? Right. And uh, also with studies of them, they haven't turned up any uh, of the Ethiopian and highlanders. They haven't turned up any kind of adaptation. Yeah, that's the one that really is strange, right. I think. They don't, they don't have uh, any kind of uh, oxygen delivery system like extra uh, red blood cells. Right. They don't maintain their uh, NO levels more than normal people. Right. Uh, and it's possible that we just haven't found the 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 phenotype this this adaptation true we true. haven't figured it out yet but for all intents and purposes these people should be you know dead dying or you know vomiting at the very least all the right, time right but they're not no it's weird it's weird yeah and you know Josh reading this article it made me wonder um and I, it may, there may be studies on this if if people from uh, Tibet um and the Ethiopian highlands if they have trouble when they come down to sea level or below let's say they went to Amsterdam for the weekend, uh, which is half of Holland, resides below sea level. Mm, like up to 20 feet. Yeah. I wonder if they have pro- problems breathing or if, if their body adapts to that quickly or whatever. Or if there'd there. be like a rush of oxygen. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they, they'd get too much of it. Right. They might feel high all the time or something. Which would be kind of cool. Of course, it is Amsterdam. Yeah, right. Right. I think that they would probably feel high no matter what. Right. Yeah. Uh, and hello to our Dutch friends. We love you. All right, so other than the Ethiopian Highlanders, I mean, the, the questions have been asked and answered. Uh, we know why the Tibetans aren't hypoxic, and we also know why the why the uh, Andean dwellers aren't hypoxic. Right, well, actually, Tibetans are hypoxic. They or, uh, just, yes, how, how they, they deal, deal with, with it, sure. right, sure. So I think uh, we'll probably revisit it once we finally figure out what's going on with the Ethiopian Highlanders. I think that's a great idea. And uh, stick around to find out which article that Chuck and I think uh, you should read in these trying economic times. You'll save your finances. What's that article that, that we teased all of our listeners with? Right. In these trying economic times, I think uh, one article people should read is uh, ten, Top 5 Things That Devalue Your House. Mm-hmm. By Jessica Toothman. Jessica Toothman, fellow writer. And uh, now is not the time to devalue your home. Everyone no. knows you want to add value to your home or at least 
you know, toe the line and keep it dead even. Exactly. And Toothman can tell you some uh, some easy steps you can take to keep your house from devaluing, depending on how you read it. Right. If you're looking to devalue your house for some nefarious reason, this could be a how-to guide for that as well. Sure. Like spite. Fantastic. Well, you can find all this stuff, everything we've talked about, at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?